sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you got a question for us, email us at thelastpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Where do we begin? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. How are you doing today, Jackie? I'm doing very well today. Very well? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, there we go. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, too. Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Figure. Had a, one of those uh, good old-fashioned figured something out in therapy weeks. Ooh, what'd you figure out? One of these things that I figured I figured out a long time ago that I knew about myself is that I use anger as an energy. Like, I use anger as fuel. Like, anger and spite has driven me to where I am today. Which actually is not always the worst thing. I actually think it's a very good thing. Yeah. Like, I, I think that anger can be a very positive emotion uh, as long as it's directed in the right way. If, right. if you have anger that's just sort of been being thrown around willy-nilly and being taken out on others or taken out on yourself, yes. then anger's a very negative thing. Especially but, when you live in a cloud of anger rather than using it towards something. Because you're an angry I gotta, person. I, you know, I, I, I've had a few cloud angry days, but especially because then it, whether you wanted to or not, it affects other people. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, do you like use your energy or your anger as any sort of like energy to drive you? I mean, now I definitely do. I yeah. think that's something that we were kind of touching upon last week too, where it's like everything that's going on in my life, now I'm using it to push me forward. Yeah. And it's, it, there's a lot of spite. Yeah. I kind of wanted to be like, oh yeah? Oh yeah? All right. You're gonna fucking see, bitch! You're gonna fucking see! <laughs> uh, there's been so many times in my life where I've used that exactly like, oh yeah? Yeah? Oh! <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> oh. Fine, 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 fine. Fine, fine. Okay, sure. <laughs> yes, I've used that many a time and I have noticed like when and I, I see people doing that, that <laughs> that's when you kind of know that the anger has reached a new level. Yes. Like that it's reached like a, a positive level, like a level where someone can actually use it. Like where when you're so angry, you're kind of laughing at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's ridiculous. Like you can't even believe that you can feel that much anger at one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I've been able to, to use anger as, uh, as fuel for a long time. But the other... Uh, Emotion that I've had that is a very negative in my life that I have never really been able to use is fear. Uh, because fear is something, you know, I've talked about fear and paranoia a lot on here. False expectations appear in real. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I have. Like, I've talked about that fear and paranoia a lot on here. But fear has always been something that I've tried to destroy or run away from or hide. Uh, put it somewhere else and not have to think about it. Uh, but what I realized is I can use fear in the same way that I use anger. How so? I don't know. Ah, yeah, 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 <laughs> Well, that's yeah. what I was saying. It's like wielding fear as a weapon. Like, I'd imagine, like, yeah, taking that fear and, like, forging it, like, fucking fantasy novel style into some sort of, like, sword or something like that. Because if I can use anger as an energy, then I can use fear as a weapon. But I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet, because that's... One of the uh, unfortunate things about therapy is sometimes you're like, that sounds awesome. And then you're like, fucking walk out, feeling good. And then you start thinking about it. And you're like, the fuck did I mean by that? <laughs> yeah. and, and how do, how do I uh, make this a reality now? Yeah. I find, well, I guess I would say number one is figuring out what the specific fear is. Yeah. 
Oh, there's a lot of fears. There's a lot of fears. <laughs> but then I guess it would try and figure out then what fear do you need in every situation to help you get through the fear? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like depending on which environment you're in yeah. and what your specific fear is. And once you can identify that, then you can use it. Is it almost like one fear is not as bad as another fear and using like one, like a, like the fear of dying against the fear of social anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, and then just like, and just kind of like switching around because then I feel like then you're able to control each fear in different ways. Uh, so I can keep like a full arsenal of fear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, cause sometimes you're going to pull out, I don't know your video game things, you know, your whip. <laughs> But sometimes you need a grenade, you know? It's like... <sighs> what do you, you can't mix. You know, <laughs> your electric hands. <laughs> well, technically in Dark Souls, there are both whips and firebombs, so I suppose that could work. So, so in, that, in that arena, that's where it works. But then, <laughs> My electric hands. <laughs> I don't know what you boys and you girls do with your controller games. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose that could be... Uh, a way to do it, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm figuring out uh, a lot of things, and one, but one of the things that I'm figuring out is that like negative emotions uh, are things to be used and not things to be, like, not things to run away from, uh, and not even necessarily like things to be destroyed because you can't really destroy an emotion that is going to come up again and again and again and again in your life. You know, right. like I can't destroy fear because. Fear is always going to be there. It's a human emotion. If I didn't feel fear, I wouldn't be a human. You know, if I didn't feel anger, I wouldn't be human. Like, Mm -hmm. those are the things that make us who we are. Uh, So destroying those things or trying to destroy those things is an exercise in futility. It's just not going to happen. It's never going to work. So I've got to find a way to take the rest of these negative emotions and use them in a way that I've used anger. Um, And I'm not quite sure how to do that. I wonder if that also includes building yourself up with the armor that is necessary for each fight as well. Yeah, it could be. Because then it's working on yourself and working on what you need to do to help you get to get the proper weapons to use the fear, to cut through it, cut through cut. I, I just, I don't know why I'm like imagining my grandfather in World War II, where I just remember he was in the jungle and all he had was this machete that we still have that he would carve into the handle where he was or where he thought he was. Uh-huh. And for a while, like he didn't have anything else. He just had the machete. Uh-huh. And that's all I can think about. It's him just being like, I don't know, am I gonna die really soon? Am I gonna die really soon? Just like hacking away and hacking away. And you know, it's like, that's what I imagine you're doing right now. No. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what I'm going through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and yeah, compare my fucking piddly ass 21st century 2018 existential fears to a fucking World War II veteran <laughs> on Guadalcanal. I mean, you don't say it to his face. You never bring it up. <laughs> but you know, somewhere deep down inside, you know, it's it's just very different fears. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, he wasn't thinking about the same fears. He never really dealt with the same fears that we had because he just didn't have the opportunity to. <laughs> dead. He's dead. He's dead now. Yeah. yeah. He died. Died a long time ago. Died a long time ago. Died a very long time ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll figure it out. You know, the, it's something to, uh, I guess, chew on for uh, the next time. Uh, but that's what I've been uh, kind of thinking about this week and haven't really come up with anything yet. But, you know, that's what it's all about is just still thinking about it, still trying to figure out how to uh, figure out one thing or another. I don't know. 
No, I hear you. I think that's like that's why I'm like been doing such physical work with my body lately and all the exercise I've been doing because it's like all I can think of to fight the fear I have of all the changes of everything that's happening is it's like, all right, then I'm going to get really strong physically. Yeah. If my mental state isn't as strong as I would like it to be and it has not been for at least eight months, then I'm going to make my body as strong as possible because I want my goal is I want to be able to jump up onto this table. <laughs> like I just want to be able to go <laughs> and just like get up there just to scare people. It's super fun to be able to do. That's the thing. I want to get physically strong and I've never wanted to be physically strong ever in my entire life. Yeah. I've never really cared. And now I'm just like, I want to just be then I want to be able to crush yeah. somebody. There's something really fun about being limber and just yeah. being able to just like run and jump and climb shit. And just stretching and doing all that stuff. So it's like bringing it into the physical. Because in my mind, if I can make my armor tougher yeah. physically, then I can get through everything else. Well, of course. And it also, you know, all the release, of all the chemicals and all that shit, like that's helping you out too. Yeah. You know, it's your, I mean, exercise, like you can't lose. You really can't, and I really am not an exercise person. Yeah. You know I'm not an exercise person, but now I love it, yeah. and I miss it every day since I've been here because it's like, I just like, it clears it all out. Yeah. It's crazy. It really does work. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing that no one really wants to admit I that know. like, what's the best thing you can do for your mental health? Exercise. <laughs> but I'd also, it took me, it took me to be like broken mentally to want to get to this point. You know, it's like, I, so I get it. I've, I've always heard that and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just, it's just changing something that like, if you can do something physical to help you fight mm -hmm. everything else. And then, because the only person you can rely on to fight your fears and do everything is yourself. Yeah. And if you're not the strongest you can be, then how do you do it? Yeah. You know, because it's like, it just all does is make you feel better about yourself. Make you, like, it, it makes me not as, I feel like I'm not as judged as I was, mm -hmm. even though I still completely am. Yeah. Because I'm still just as, you know, <laughs> as I always was. <laughs> but I just, uh, I don't know. I think it's something that's really just been um, bringing it out. And especially being here and not being able to get into nature, like in New York City, like not being able to do, like go see the beach real fast or mm -hmm. go see a fucking mountain, yeah. you know? It's, it is, it's, <laughs> it makes a difference. Overrated. I know, I know, but it's not. I just stand up on the fucking roof and I stare at the mountains. I'm like, look at that. Look at that, it's nice. These fucking mountains over here. And it makes you feel small, yeah. which is, easier to deal with like the exploding thoughts that happen in your brain all the time so you, for you feeling small makes you feel better because for some people feeling small makes them feel horrible i guess it just depends on how you're looking at things yeah. it makes me feel like my my problems that i feel like are, are so over like that my life is just so, oh so filled with all these stuff. it makes me feel like okay it's not that bad perspective yes yeah i like feeling small as well yeah it's one of the reasons why i love living in new york city See, exa exactly. That's like a whole opposite of like building wise and like so many people being around you with mm -hmm. no one paying attention to you. Yeah. And, and, and there's something about that that makes me feel like, oh, I'm just a person. Yeah. Yeah, it, absolutely. No, it's, and that's uh, one of the great things about living in, I don't know, physically impressive places, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or just places where like cities. Uh, it's a humbling experience. It's very humbling. And, you know, I, I know when I moved here, like I needed that. I needed to get the 
fuck humbled out of me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had, uh, you know, I was kind of arrogant. Actually, pretty goddamn arrogant when I first moved here. Uh, but New York City, boo boy, it burned that shit out of me real fast. Real fast. And I think that's what it is about moving to cities. I think some people, um, they, that happens to them and they can't handle it. Uh, right. It destroys them, you know, like it absolutely like and that's that could absolutely happen to to anybody, you know, and I think that happens in a, a whole range of experiences where people get humbled uh, and instead of learning from what happened to them, they just fall apart, you know, and they just crumble. Uh, and that could have very easily happened uh, to either me or you. Uh, that could happen to you out in L.A. Because, uh, I mean, you come into New York City like, you know, you kind of grew up here. So mm-hmm. you already knew you right. knew what was gonna happen when you came when you came right. up here like you, you knew what you were getting into uh and but in la you didn't know what the fuck you were getting into out there no. you didn't know what was gonna happen and it was the same for me moving to new york city like i had no fucking idea what was gonna happen up here but i thought i could fucking handle it man i thought i had it uh and i didn't at all uh and fell down real fucking hard fell straight on my face uh but instead of going back home well i almost did uh my brother convinced me to not uh go back home he convinced me to stay up here and stick to it um and but i got the shit humbled out of me and i became a better person for it you know i think if i would have gone back humbled uh to lubbock or to austin or somewhere in texas like i would have been bitter as fuck mm-hmm. I, I would have hated myself and i never would have forgiven myself for giving up um but i you know would have done it um just because i was afraid to keep moving forward i was afraid to keep going and since then like getting humbled has been just about the best thing that's ever happened to me well also in that i feel like from your from your personal destruction and your humbleness is that like you chose to phoenix mm-hmm. and so many people aren't able to choose to phoenix so many people it's like oh, i got to go back i have to go do these you know like that don't, we had the freedom to phoenix but also it was a choice yeah and that's something that is very powerful to remember is that that we chose it and you can keep doing it you can choose Every minute of every day, it's like, okay, I have to be happy. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to be happy right now. I'm choosing to go forward. I'm choosing to do this and taking that power back, yeah. that freedom that we have, that you might not have the freedom to move to New York City and you want to, but there's little things in your everyday life that you can do to be like, but I choose to be happy doing this. Mm-hmm. I choose the freedom of going over here and doing this. And it's just... I don't know, it's like remembering that power that we have that you can pick yourself up by your britches and and everything sucks, Yeah, but you can do it. Yeah, and as far as choice goes, you know, if you uh, have mental illness, like uh, depression or something like that, depression or bipolar, like you can't just choose to be happy, right. but you can choose to get help. Yes. You can choose to get to help. work on it. You can choose to work on it. And then once you get that shit figured out, then yeah, you can choose to be happy. Like right. once you get, because these, you know, medication and therapy and all that, it's not, you know, we say it again and again, it's not a magic pill. Uh, therapy is not a magic ritual that you go into uh, and come out of it completely okay and fixed. Like these are just, it's just shit that gives you the tools to work on your own bullshit. Uh, and after you get your bullshit work out and after you get to a level and you know when you get to the level everybody who's gone through depression or bipolar and when they get to that point you know it you know it when you see it you know it's like pornography Mm. i know it when i see it Mm. (laughs) 
I know that's the honey spot. That's, <laughs> and done. That's pornography. <laughs> no, I just kind of smiled for a second because I was thinking of when uh, Henry's therapist fired him and he said, well, you're fixed. And Henry's like, I'm not fixed. I'm not fixed. Though. I'm not fixed though. What do you mean? He's like, nope. Well, we're done here. You're you're all you're all done. You're all good. <laughs> yeah, that's just it's just code for I don't feel like dealing with you anymore. I that was a bad therapist. It was a bad therapist. He was a very bad therapist. Yeah, yeah, very very bad <laughs> therapist. Just, yeah, that was you're fixed. Awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just yeah. I I told I actually told my therapist about that, and her fucking brain looked like it broke. She was like, what? <laughs> you're fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't end it. You're right. Ta-da! I'm a new person. I was telling her about it and kind of laughing. Uh, and she's like, that's not funny. I'm like, I know, but you don't know him. It's kind of <laughs> funny. It's pretty funny. If you if you knew him, you'd know what I was talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but these things, uh, yeah, They once you get to the point where you um, can make a choice, uh, then it is a choice. Right. It is a choice. I'm faced with that choice every day. I'm at a stable point. I have been stable for a while now. Uh, rel- I mean, I would say I've been stable for, oh, I would say at least, oh, coming up on two years. Wow. Like being like good and like totally EVP stable, you know, because I had about two years ago, I had a real big breakdown uh, during the summer. Uh, and I would say for about like two years, I've been like pretty stable, but still every day I have to wake up and make a choice, uh, as to whether I'm going to get through the muck that I woke up with in my head because it's not fixed. It's not done. No. You know, like, none of it's done. It's a It never will be. It never will be. I've made peace with that. Made peace with that a lot. Every once in a while I will fall down and think, why the fuck do I have to deal with this? Uh, but then I pick myself up. Right again, you know, I pick myself right back up again uh, and try not to fall into that bullshit too much because it that kind of bullshit, that self-pitying bullshit can destroy you, mm-hmm. you know, like that sort of, you know, why me, why, 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 it doesn't matter why you, you know, it doesn't, that's just fucking life. That's Sometimes just the way though, it goes. I'll choose, I'll give myself, I'll put a timer on and if I want to do the self-pity, if I just can't get out of it, I'm like, okay, and I'll sit there and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to give myself eight minutes and I'll just sit there and go, oh, <laughs> And then, but I did this, I've been doing this probably once a week where it's like tiny tantrums Mm -hmm. to the point that I start to laugh. Yeah, because tantrums are really funny. It's so, it's so, like to just have a full adult tantrum. Because sometimes you look at a toddler and you're like, man, I wish I could throw myself on the fucking floor and do this right now. So let yourself do it. If you got a few minutes, let yourself do it because eventually you look back and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I doing this? Oh, no, no, And just to like, you use your whole body to do it. And it just, it kind of makes you, it, it just kind of mimics how silly you are to self-pity yourself so hard. That's really fun. Yeah, <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> Just close the door mm-hmm. and have a little tantrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just don't. If you do it at work, do it somewhere. Go to the quiet. bathroom. Go to yeah. the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it quietly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. I don't know. It just kind of gets the jimmies out. Yeah, yeah. You got to get the jimmies out sometimes. Everyone's like, get the jimmies out. Get the jimmies out. <laughs> Ew. Sounds like pornography. <laughs> Come on down. Get your jimmies out. 
<laughs> Let's get to some letters for this week. Let's do it. Yeah, we're gonna be get, yeah we're we're getting back to letters. Yeah, if you guys want to uh, send us letters, uh, send letters to the last podcast network at gmail dot com. Love it. All right, first one. What's her Whoa. name? Right, here we go. Cluckety cluck. Hey guys, I have a unique issue I'm hoping you guys can help me with. So a little background, I've been single for over six years. I live in a small town in northern lower Michigan. I'm pretty experienced in the sex department, and I'm open and honest about my experiences. When I make new friends, no matter how hard I try to keep it platonic, at some point I'm asked to have sex or perform some other sexual act. For instance, I lived with a married couple for over a year and had known them for a year prior. One night, I was having a rough time with my ex, and the husband took me to a bar that was nearby. I got really fucked up, and on the drive home, he kept trying to get me to show him my tits. I've had a different engaged couple that, again, I lived with ask me to have a threesome with them. I've had bosses, friends, boyfriends... Friends, boyfriends, husbands, and exes proposition me. I don't think I'm overtly flirty or anything, but it causes me to lose friends often enough that now I distrust the intentions of people trying to be my friend. Please help me. I don't know what I can do. Is it possible I exude some sort of fuck-me pheromone? Much thanks, Cluckety Cluck. Hmm. I think the one guy that was that tried to get you to show him his tits, like that guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, like that that guy is. I mean, that guy's fucking awful. Like that's way over the line. But I think. There's a key here, and the key here is uh, I'm pretty experienced in the sex department, and I'm open and honest about my experiences. Yes. Because you're also in uh, northern lower Michigan, and people, especially like threesomes and things like that, when people want to get into threesomes and they don't want to like go to Craigslist or something like that, like when like swinger people, they listen. Mm-hmm. They listen for Clues. clues they listen for clues they listen for cues they they look around they're they're looking around for somebody to join in on the fun and they're looking for people that are open and honest about their sexual experiences uh and that's not to say that that's right you know but that's that's the way it is you know like if you're super open and super honest about sexual experiences then i think people that are into that sort of thing will assume like hey all right and it's yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's yeah. let's, let's ask. Let's her. try. Let's, let's try it. Let's try it out. Let's let's see what's going to happen here. I find it as well that it's like as a woman, uh, I, I I believe that cluckety cluck is a woman. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Tits. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> remember? Yeah, I remember now. As a woman, it's something that uh, I feel that a lot of people see as an anomaly mm-hmm. uh, because uh, even though that we are the most open generation that has been in a very long time, still a lot of women, or actually just a lot of people in general, don't openly talk about their sex lives. Yeah. I'm sure that you experience this all the time as well as someone that's like, I, I openly talk about my sex life. I get propositioned a lot. And I'm just like, ah, no, that's just like, I just like, I'm just talking about it. <laughs> I appreciate it and thank yeah. you so much. But like, because I'm sure I've been approached, you've been approached many I times. Been. It, it, it just because it's an openness that's also attractive to other people. Yeah. I'm, that it, it, it's not even that you're being it's like, I'm not a very flirtatious person, but I get in trouble a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to. And I'm just like, oh no. Ah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I talk. I talk to you the same way as I talk to Marcus, and I talk to you. It's like I just. That's just who I am. Yeah, and, and I think people do just see like talking about sex as flirting. Yes. Like if you're talking about sex to somebody, then it does. Then people assume like, oh, she's talking to me about sex. That must mean she wants to have sex because that's the thing is that when you talk about sex, 
and this isn't a sexist thing or anything. This is just human nature. The other person's going to get horny. Horny. Oh, like, yeah. That's just, that's how it goes. Like, you know, talking about sex makes people horny. Mm-hmm. That's just it. You know, mm-hmm. like that, that's a, that is a, a fact of life. Can't get around that one. Uh, so I think that might be what it is. Yeah. Is that even though you're not flirty, you're talking about sex and you're giving dudes boners and you're making ladies a little splooshy splooshy. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's the key to this. That That's the answer to this whole thing. I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the solution is here. I mean, it's either, I mean, really the, the only two solutions here are either you stop talking about fucking all the time, or you just understand that if you talk about fucking all the time, people are going to try to fuck you. Right. And then you just learn how to either bow out of it gracefully mm-hmm. or, um, Sometimes, in, I mean, I've been in way too many occasions that I have to get aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it's like that I can shut this off real fast. Yeah. You know, they, I will make you not hard anymore. Yeah. And it's like also building that up where it's not, it's, if you're going to talk about sex all the time, you, you also have to be able to protect yourself immediately using your words. Yeah, exactly. You know, just to be able to shut it down and say, no. Yeah, absolutely not. No, Mm-mm. and it's fucked up to your bosses or yeah. hitting on you. Like there, there are some like friends, boyfriends, husbands. Like there's, there's kind of also seems like you're surrounding yourself with piece of shit dudes. Yeah, like these guys sound awful. Like the very couple, you know, the the threesome, you know, the engaged couple asking into a threesome. I kind of get that. Like I get that, but like bosses and friends, boyfriends and husbands and exes, like that's. It's fucking awful. Like also, you gotta just yeah. human nature. Unfortunately, I just yeah. have had I've had so many friends, poor friends, and then but then they they hear about these kinds of things, and then then you're the ones like, well, you were flirting. Yeah. Well, you were. Just, it's like no, 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 no. He's the one that can. Yeah. And you're right though, because it makes yeah, you like, lose it, friendships. Yeah, it makes you lose friendships, and it, and it also sucks that like you have to you have to like censor yourself. Because other, you know, because like dudes can't keep control their shit themselves. together, can't control themselves. You know, you have to sense to yourself and like, well, can't talk about that because this person cannot fucking control themselves. But on the other hand, you know, societal fucking norms is usually if someone's talking to you about fucking, then usually that means they want to fuck you. Yeah. You know, but, you know, bosses and friends, boyfriends and husbands and exes, that, that's that's fucking awful. Like, that's really shitty. Um, so, I mean, I guess there's no real, like, easy solution here. There's no easy answer as to what you go from here. But I can tell you why it's happening. But also maybe just become more aware of it. Yeah. And just uh, and try to, like, when you start talking about things, try to zone in in your brain. Even if you're, you've been drinking or whatever is going on in your head, that, like, then try and control what you say and how you say it. Yeah. Rather than projecting it out where you're just talking about things. Or if it doesn't make sense in the conversation, which I used to do a lot, mm-hmm. that all of a sudden I'll be talking about, oh, man, this one time. It's like, why? <laughs> Am I doing it for attention? Yes. Yeah. But is it unwanted attention? Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's it. It's, it's like figuring out like, oh, I was just being overtly, I'm talking about overtly sexual things for absolutely no reason. Yeah. And that's also a big trigger of of people wanting to have sex with you. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that sounds like it's a compulsion, mm-hmm. like where it's like an attractiveness thing, and it's also, you know, it's also a way to get people to pay attention. I like the attention. Really easily. Mm-hmm. Like that, because you start talking about sex, and people are immediately going to start paying attention to you, and you have their attention mm-hmm. for as long as you want to talk about it. Uh, and you might ask yourself, like, you know, is that why you keep talking about it? Like, are you talking about it, like, in the 
context of the conversation or are you just bringing it up for no reason? Yeah. Like, is it actually a part of the conversation or do you just want to talk to somebody about fucking because it gets you attention? I mean, that's harsh, but... I had to figure it out for myself. Yeah. You know, and it's not, and not saying that that's Cluckety Cluck's case, but no. it's definitely a big part of it. Yeah. But also, I just like talking about sex. We all like talking about sex. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like talking about sex a lot. Yeah. yeah it's a yeah. fun thing to talk it about. It is. Yeah. But also, we are two, like, very, you know, uh, non sexual friends. Yeah. So we can openly talk about sex and it's not like a horny, horny issue. Yeah. But, but that's the other thing is that we usually don't talk about, like, good sex. Yeah. No, we're talking about bad sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, good yeah. sex I keep to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sharing I don't, that. Yeah, I don't tell you like when I have like a particularly good morning. No. Like I don't come in and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm good. Fucking fire hosed it this morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like we don't talk about it like that. No, you know, it's like we talk about it like in a, a fun way. You know, yeah. like shitty experiences we've had in the past or yeah. something shit like that. Um, but. I don't know. Like, I, I, I really don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I guess you got to ask yourself, you know, like the types of people you're hanging out with and why you're talking about it so much. Right. You know, and uh, that's I guess it's up to you. Cluckety cluck. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. We got one more. You want to do one more? Let's do it. Hi. What's her name? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, haven't so, I haven't done it in so long. Um, how about Sapphire Snake? Sa- it's always the it's same always, word. It's, it's always, always snakes. snakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this was even before we got into Riverdale. I know. It's not yeah. like Southside Serpents has got its na- way Is in it your a head. dick thing? I think it's a dick thing. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Sapphire. Let's just yep. go Sapphire. Okay, Sapphire. Hi. I'm a longtime listener of The Brighter Side and Hell Sex yeah. on the Human Activities. I'm 24 and recently went through a breakup with a guy I dated for seven years. He ended up coming out as gay. We broke up on good terms and he's still my best friend. After we broke up, I started dating another guy and I haven't told him that I talk to my ex almost every day and that we're still really good friends and occasionally hang out. I have lots of jealousy issues and paranoia. I constantly think he's cheating and lying. I also struggle with extreme social anxiety and depression. I'm starting to think that I feel this way because I haven't told him that I still talk to my ex. I feel shitty about not telling him, but I don't want to have to choose between my best friend and my current boyfriend. Tell him. Tell him. I mean, that's it. No, Definitely you, tell him. You already know why. Yeah. I mean, because that's the way it goes. Like in uh, relationships, a lot of time, it's like if you have a secret, if you're holding a secret inside, you can't help but think that the other person is holding a secret inside too. Of course. You know, it's like, well, I know what I'm capable of. What the fuck is he capable of? Mm-hmm. You know, like that type of shit is, you know, that's what just, that's why secrets destroy relationships. That's why secrets are poison relationships. Because if you know that the other person cannot trust you, then you cannot trust them. Right. And trust is the only thing that makes a relationship work. Or it's not the only thing, but it's, it's a huge part of if it. If you don't have trust, then it's not going to work. No. It's just, abso- it's just absolutely not going to work at all. Also, it makes sense because your recent partner came out. Yeah. Which is also builds distrust within you. Yeah. Just in general, as someone that has been there before that I had to go to therapy to get past. Yeah. Because I was so, because I kept saying like, well, then I just don't trust anyone. Then, mm-hmm. then no one's good. Then it's like, it's me. It's me doing this. Yeah. And that is something that like, if you don't trust yourself as well, then how can you trust someone? Yeah. 
And so I think that's also something that maybe you should be sussing out and figure out because seven years is a long time to go through that. And I think that might be a much bigger thing inside of your brain than you're willing to admit. Yeah, I think it's a huge thing inside of your brain. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I didn't think about that. Yes, yeah, seven years and then he comes out. And then you're probably thinking in your head like, shit, I didn't see that for seven years. He was lying to me and himself for seven years how did I not see this? Like, how did I not see this coming? Uh, and then you wonder what's going to be with the next guy. Like, right. what? Not, not even thinking. Oh, is the next guy going to turn out to be gay as well? It's going to be like, well, what is the next guy going to be hiding? Right. Like, what is it that's going to come out that I'm not that I'm not going to see coming at all? And it's great that you know you're still like best friends with this guy, and you know, and it's also you know breaking up, you know at. Having a seven-year relationship and then the guy coming out as gay and breaking up at 24 is a lot different yeah. than 34. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. That's a huge difference, a gigantic difference because, you know, coming up till 24, like, it's, you know, not uncommon in the least bit for a guy to come out around, like, 24 or so. Like, oh, I think no. that's pretty normal, yeah. right? Yeah. I, don't, I actually don't know what the average age is. I think it uh, just depends on the person. Yeah, it all, it all depends on the person. Uh, but that's something, you know, and you can't you can't really blame them that much for that, you know? But especially if you've been with them for seven years. Then, so high school. Yeah, high school. So you can't. You can't really blame the guy that much for that. Uh, that's because he was still trying to figure out who he was. Right. You were, I mean, at that age, you're, everyone's still trying to figure out who the fuck oh, they yeah. are. Uh, but if it happens about 10 years later, that's something different altogether. Yeah. So, but I think keep in mind that since you're younger, um, there are other factors at play here. Like they're, they're, He's still trying to figure out who he was. Uh, it's still, even though, you know, in this day and age, it's still hard for uh person to come out you know whether it be a man or a woman it's still difficult to do mm -hmm. uh, because you know even though society is much more accepting you know a lot of people have to deal with families yeah uh and that is the heart i think for a lot of people that's like the hardest part of all is not necessarily what society's gonna say but what's my dad gonna say right. what's my mom gonna say what's my fucking grandma gonna say what's my fucking grandfather or uncle or whoever gonna say like that's i think a much harder thing for a lot of people so i think uh Coming out, like, that's going to be, that's something that's a little different than, say, someone who's been, not a little different, it's a lot different than someone who cheated on you. Right. You know, and which sounds like that's what you're worried about with this new guy. Um, but I don't think you really need to worry. I think what you need to do is tell him. Yes. Yeah. And if he can't handle it, then fuck him. Oh, yeah. You if know, he it, can't handle it, fuck him. Yeah. If he can't, if he can't handle that, then he's not worth it. He's not worth shit, you know. Yeah. He, you need to move on. But the next person you date, if this guy is like, you know, I don't like this, I'm not comfortable with this, see you later. The next person you have to date, uh, then you need to be pretty upfront. Like you need to be very upfront with them. Because I've been in relationships in the past where uh, I was in a, a, a situation that was pretty similar to this, uh, where I was in a, a three-year relationship, uh, things just didn't work out. We just weren't right for each other. So we like stayed pretty close friends for a long time after until she moved away. Um, but I, at the beginning of, you know, the relationships I was in at that time, I had to tell him, it's like, listen, I'm really close friends with my ex-girlfriend and you're going to have to be okay with that. And I just like straight up, like it was, it was a requirement. Like if you're not okay with that, then, you know, this, you know, you're not the type of person that I want to be with. Uh, and, you know, for the most part, they were all cool with it. 
You yeah. Know? Or at least they said they were. Uh, the one person who, uh, you know, I guess two of them, I wasn't with them long enough uh, to really find out whether they were really cool with it or not. Because a lot of people do say, uh, yeah, of course, I'm cool with that. And then they turn out to not be cool with that. Yeah. Uh, but the one person that uh, I ended up being with for a long time, she was cool with it. And in fact, they ended up being friends. Um, and I felt good about doing that. I should have done that. And you should be doing that, too. Sapphire. But also, you might want to think about maybe not dating anybody right now. Yeah. That maybe even talking to him because you got to figure, you got to figure your shit out, too. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's like if someone's like, I, I understand, like, big breakups. Yeah. That, like, it, I, I know, it's like, I keep going on these dates with people and I'm just like, wh- when I'm with them and I'm just like, I just got to have a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to. No, I can't. And then, because then I immediately read something. I'm like, I'm not ready in my brain just yet. Like, I can do, like, dating. But it's like, I can't imagine immediately being with somebody because, like, I just can't put wrap my brain around it just yeah. yet of who I am and what I'm doing. How you're going to interact with that other person. Right. And then it's like, after seven years and, and you're 24, it's like, you got to figure it out now. Also, think about you. Yeah. Don't even think. I mean, I hope that like this isn't like I don't know how long you've been dating this other guy uh, or anything. Or but maybe you know if you start working on you, that maybe you guys could be friends yeah. for a while and then just see how it goes. Yeah, maybe you know just to figure out your brain, Sapphire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, figure out your brain because you're definitely you definitely need to work on your brain right now. Yeah, there's some shit going on there that I don't think you're quite aware of. Um, and of course we don't know you, uh, but we're, so you we're just going of off, we're just going off in an email, but it, it seems like there's a, there's a subtext here, uh, that there's some other shit that's, that's bothering you that you may not quite be aware of that you need to figure out before you can really be a part of a, uh, a, a healthy relationship. Yeah. And that's all we got for today. Love it. Love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I hope everybody's having a great week. Yeah. And uh, make noise and be free. Make noise and be free. Fuck us. Fuck us. Goodbye.